Good evening, Braves country, and welcome to the Braves Craze podcast. Today is February 5th, 2020, and we have some news to talk about in baseball and a little bit about the Braves as well. Before we get started, uh, I do ask that you do the podcast a favor and subscribe and download to uh, this podcast, the Braves Craze podcast, on your favorite podcasting platform or app. And also, if you will, give me a follow on Twitter. That's at Dr. Braves. The D and the B are capitalized in that Twitter handle. So I want to start off, even though this is not really Braves news, but it does impact the National League and baseball, which does impact the Braves, to discuss the Mookie Betts trade just briefly here. Uh, you know, it was a wild night last night. We've heard Mookie Betts' name a good bit about trades. Uh, the Braves really haven't been linked to Mookie that much. Uh, but last night, the Dodgers did acquire Mookie Betts. Uh, let me give you the details of the trade, and then we'll talk about that some. The Dodgers get Mookie Betts, David Price, and cash considerations from Boston, which basically covers a lot of Price's salary, I'm told. Uh, the Minnesota Twins were a third-party team involved here. Uh, they received Kenta Maeda, uh, a pitcher from the Dodgers, who we all know pretty well has been in the rotation for a while. And then Boston acquires Alex Verdugo, uh, L.A. Dodgers outfielder and, and youngster, and Minnesota pitcher Brewstar Greaterall. Hopefully I pronounced that correct. Uh, Greaterall is a really hard-throwing right-hander, and Verdugo, we know, was a, a prospect for the Dodgers a couple years ago uh, who was a good prospect, but actually nothing super, super huge, although he has now become a pretty good player for the Dodgers in a crowded outfield. Uh, and just to mention after that, the Dodgers then turned around and traded Jock Peterson, uh, famously of the home run derby last year with Acuna and uh, the Mets slugger uh, Alonzo uh, for young infield shortstop Luis Rengifo. I hope I pronounced that right as well, from the Angels. So Peterson goes to the Angels from the Dodgers to make room for Verdugo to play. Uh, I'm sorry, to make room for Betts to play in L.A., Verdugo to Boston. Uh, my first thought about this trade was, wow, uh, the Dodgers really got Mookie Betts cheap. Uh, you know, I tweeted out last night that the Braves had been trying to get Chris Bryant, uh, maybe even Nolan Arenado, uh, and, and the Cubs in particular wanted half the Braves minor league system for Chris Bryant. It was a really high offer. Quite frankly, it looked to be a unrealistic offer that no one would do. And then Betts goes for basically a, a prospect who is already in the majors and, and looks to be a solid guy, but nothing spectacular, and a pitcher who does have some upside only, and then cash. Uh, you know, but, but if, you, if you look at the trade, uh, it certainly makes the Dodgers really good. But here's the thing. This trade obviously was a lot about salary and signing Mookie Betts. The Dodgers, I'm sorry, the, the Red Sox had apparently offered Betts a lot of money, uh, and he turned that down. Uh, word is around $300 million or more they offered, and he didn't want that, and, and he came back with a, a number that starts with a four, $400 million some odd dollars on a 10- to 12-year contract, which is just near impossible to do. So my question is, to baseball and to the Dodgers and anyone else, if Boston can't sign bets, who can? Uh, you know, maybe the Dodgers make a play here to sign Mookie and, and keep him there long term. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just a trade to help them become uh, an already favored team, the best team now in baseball, potentially with that offense and that lineup, uh, with bets in that lineup from there, or, you know, if he walks away, all the Dodgers really lost is Medea, uh, Medea and, and Alex Verdugo. So it's kind of a no-lose for L.A. Uh, I'm sure they want to, to keep the asset in, in, in bets and, and turn him into a longer-term guy. 
maybe they can, maybe they don't, but uh, the cost they paid in my mind was really, really small, and they become offensively something that you don't even want to think about dealing with in the National League or in baseball with adding Mookie Betts to that already dangerous lineup uh, in L.A. So, you know, it frustrates me to see this happening because, the you know, the Red Sox, the once mighty team in the AL, is still a good team, you know, are basically selling off players because they can't negotiate and can't sign and making the Dodgers that much better uh, in the National League. And now the Braves and the Dodgers and all the teams in the playoffs, the Nats, have to deal with Mookie Betts and the Dodgers in the National League. So, uh Strange situation. Uh, we heard rumors of this happening. I really thought it'd be for a lot more than, than what they got. Uh, so it looks like to me, uh, Boston got fleeced, but I guess Boston was under the mindset of we got to get something for him or, or we can't, uh, we're going to lose him. He's going to walk at some point, and that's, they, get, they didn't want that for sure. So I got a question could they have not gotten more? But again, I think it's about long term signability of bets and, and who could have done that. And again, if I say if Boston maybe didn't, uh, who will be able to do that long term? Uh, some more topics I want to get into today, real quick. Uh, a spinoff of that is is Chris Bryant. You know, we talked about Chris Bryant and the Cubs' offer for the Braves and how unrealistic it was. So it kind of leads you to believe now, after the Betts trade, are the Braves really done now? Uh, you know, I, I would have said for sure two days ago, yesterday morning, the Braves were through. With anything major, you'll see a few signings here or there, maybe a veteran in spring training that gets released or possibly an outfield trade to clear up some space there. But, you know, now do we go back and look at Chris Bryant again? It's being reported that Chris Bryant talks are heating up amongst National League teams, and don't know if the Braves are one of those teams or not now, but, uh, you know, I was really ready to go ahead and roll with Camargo and Austin Riley at third base. You know I'm a fan of both those two guys, and Camargo has come in apparently in tremendous shape in spring, uh, I, I consequently saw him on TV the other day on the uh, Chop Fest program on, on, on TV, and he looked like he was in great shape, looked skinny and thin and ready to go. So I know he's worked hard. Uh, but, you know, the Chris Bryant thing, you know, we may hear some more rumblings now. Uh, I honestly would not make that move unless the price comes way down. If you can get him cheap or cheaper than they were talking about before, uh, I would look at it. But certainly for the cost of an Ian Anderson or a Drew Waters or a Pache, I wouldn't include those guys in a trade at this point in time to, to kind of save those guys for the very near future, as I mentioned before. But Bryant could come back up, uh, and, and we'll see how that plays out going forth. Uh, the Braves did make a signing. Uh, you know, the, the great Yonder Alonzo pickup for the Braves has, has been reported uh, to a minor league deal, formerly of the Rockies. Uh, he's a guy who can play first base. Uh, hit 10 home runs last year, but batted below 200. So I think this is a – Insurance pickup for maybe a Freeman injury, potentially if they're worried about that happening, they've got a guy they can bring in and have some depth. Uh, so, you know, no big deal with this signing here. It's a minor league deal, and he's a guy that, that you like to have in the minor leagues and maybe on, the, on your bench at some point in time if things play out that way. And with the 26-man roster now we, we know is out there, you know, maybe he's a guy that could get in the mix for a pinch-hitting slot or a, one of those backup roster spots uh, during the right scenario or if someone gets hurt, like I said, somewhere else. So, uh, I wanted to mention, you know, the, the Betts trade and the, 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 the money he's apparently wanting uh, in baseball at this point in time makes me really appreciate what Alex Anthopoulos did with Ronald Acuna and, and Ozzie Albies. Uh, you know, Braves caught some, some flack for that, right? Uh, people said, man, y'all are fleecing those kids. 
these kids are talented and sky's the limit and you're out there paying them $10 million a year and fleecing these guys uh, for this. And, and I, I couldn't disagree more. And, and here's the reason. Uh, Mookie Betts' request, if he, if he did want $400 and some odd million, dollars, it's just not something a major league team can do and actually survive. Uh, and, and, you know, Mookie Betts is one of the best, I would say, four or five players in baseball at this point in time, and that's arguable. Uh, I throw Ron Lacuna right there with him, and frankly, Ozzy Albies might have been better statistically, you know, as far as consistently than both of them, both those guys this year. So, you know, the Braves paid a lot of money, $100 million to, to Ronald to lock him down for 10 years, uh, and, and we have a player now who, who we can control for a while and have out there and have a franchise corner piece in Atlanta. And frankly, the Braves are probably not a team who can ever pay a $400 million contract with the setup and Liberty Media and the way they're owned. So, you know, Alex really did some things here that, that, that keep the Braves in contention for a long time. Now, you know, does Ronald one day want more money than that? Probably so. Uh, but $100 million to anyone is not fleecing anyone in my mind. And I, I just appreciate Alex's insight here and him trying to see the future and, and keep some guys around uh, on our team and, and make us contending for a long time. And you know, the, bets, the bet situation to me is one of the things that's wrong with baseball. Uh, you know, that kind of contract and, and them holding the, the, the Red Sox up for that to some level and putting Boston in a spot where they feel like they have only one choice, and that's to trade away uh, a cornerstone guy like Mookie Betts uh, as opposed to locking him down and making him a Red Sox. Uh, and I have, no, I have no allegiance and love for the Red Sox, don't get me wrong, but, you know, keeping your players in-house and your franchise stars like a Ronald Acuna in Atlanta for a long time is something that the fans are going to love and appreciate and keeps that franchise relevant. So, you know, the bet situation is unfortunate, but but good for AA for finding a way in Atlanta to keep these guys home. And I, I look for some similar things with Soroka coming up and maybe even Max Freed. And as Freddie's extension maybe comes up fairly soon, too, we can maybe talk about that with the Braves going forth. So, uh Baseball's a business, and, and the Braves are handling that business pretty well right now. And unfortunately, Boston got caught in a bad situation in my mind. So uh, let's move on a second and, and talk about uh, what I believe the Braves need to do to move, to, to move forward this year. And this is assuming we don't make any more major moves or trades, uh, you know, like a Chris Bryant or an Aaron Otto or anyone to, to give us another super big bat other than, uh, other than Marcelo Zuna who we've already gotten. But what can the Braves do to step forward? I think there's one thing in particular that we've got to think more about as a team. Uh, and that's the kids have to have to step up and not just step up. They got to get a chance to play. Uh, you know, Brian Snicker, I love dearly. And, and I think he's the perfect manager for this team. He's a player's guy. We love him out there, but he's not a guy that loves to wait too long on a player that's young. Uh, and I do realize the Braves are a contender and we can't necessarily put a guy out there, you know, every day or give him 10 starts and him be really bad pitching. But, you know, last year, Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson broke camp, uh, broke spring camp with the Braves in the rotation. And they both struggled, no question. And they came back once or twice and later in the year and pitched again and struggled again. But in order for, for Kyle Wright to break out, you got to be willing to give him more than one bad start and, and let him stay out there a while. Uh, Bryce Wilson's the same way. Uh, we don't know who the fifth star is going to be, and I'll talk about that again in a second. But uh, I think Brian's got to give these guys a chance to go out there and, 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 and learn the hard way sometimes, stick with these guys in some cases. I really look for Kyle Wright to have a breakout year, to step up and be in the rotation. And if he could do that, uh, and who knows, we may need a, a, another starter a good bit due to injury or whatever reason. But, 
you know, I think Kyle Wright is somebody I'm looking forward to this year to see play. Uh, Bryce Wilson I'm kind of high on too, and he's sort of the forgotten guy sometimes. Don't know that Ian Anderson's quite ready yet, but but certainly pretty close, you would think. And, and you know, one of these guys needs to step up. But in particular, I'm looking for, for our manager to give these guys a chance and keep them in there more than a couple of starts and see what happens with that. Similar thing with Austin Riley. Uh, everybody thinks Austin probably starts at AAA this year. Uh, that's probably a good guess. I think Camargo has done a lot in the offseason to, to kind of get that job at third base, but you still got to go play in spring training. So we'll see about that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that whoever plays there needs a chance to play. And, and maybe, you know, my hope is Austin Riley comes up and just kills it all year in, in, in spring training uh, and, and wins that job. And then you get to use Camargo like you really should have last year, and that's move the guy around. And he needs – those at bats. We got to get Johan at bats this year somewhere, whether it be back up at bats, spelling the outfielders, spelling the infielders, or at third base. He he, he needs to play because he helps us a good bit. Let's not forget two years ago in the second half of the season, Johan Camargo was potentially the best player on the team, not named Ronald Acuna. Uh, Freddie struggled down the stretch, and Johan was really, really good. And I want that guy back in my lineup this year for sure. Welcome back to the Braves Craze Podcast. Uh, I've got a couple other things to discuss before we end the podcast, and I want to start with the outfield, and it's no secret we've got a crowded outfield uh, right now. So what are the Braves going to do with that outfield is my question. Uh, You know, we've heard some comments about who are the best outfielders. We know Ronald Acuna is our best guy. There's no question there. We're pretty sure Marcelo Zuna, who we just signed uh, to a big one-year deal, is the second best guy. Then we've got uh, Nick Marcakis, we've got Ender Enciarte, and we've got Adam Duvall, who are all big league guys uh, on our roster and all uh, have major league contracts at this point in time. Uh, I've heard a lot of discussion suggesting that Ender needs to start in center field and is our third best guy, and, and i got to tell you, I don't agree with that. Uh, I'm going to give you my take on, on what I think the outfield needs to do. Uh, but first, I, I do want to say I noticed the Jock Peterson trade last night after uh, the big deal with Betts and where Jock Pearson went from the Dodgers to the Angels to make room for Mookie Betts in L.A. to play. And Jock Pearson went really cheap. Uh, he went for a shortstop infielder who was a mid-level 10-11 prospect for the Angels. Uh, pretty sure the Braves system is, is better than the Angels system in minor league, so I'm figuring we could have gotten Pearson a little lower than that. But regardless, he went really cheap. I'd really like to have Jock Peterson as our third out there in Atlanta, I'll tell you that. And we've been linked to Jock, Jock as I've said before. Uh, what about a Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall uh, platoon in Atlanta for that third spot? That would be great, wouldn't it? That's not happening. Uh, pipe dream, but I did want to bring that up because I know that Jock was a guy we had talked about, and, and man, he was really, really cheap in that trade. So I think Adam Duvall is our third best outfielder. Uh, I think last year down the stretch, Adam showed us in the playoffs. He was fresh. He was ready to play. He, he stepped up and hit some home runs, played great defense. He came in every game basically and replaced uh, Nick or, or somebody in the lineup that was not playing well and, and played well and kept us in that series, honestly. He played really well. Uh, the problem is between Duvall, Acuna, and uh, Ozuna, they're all right-handed bats. Uh, Marcakis and, and Ender and Ciarte are both lefties. Uh, and, and probably have one of those guys will need to play in the outfield. 
Uh, I vote for the for the Marcakis Duval platoon in one of the corner spots and play uh, Acuna in center. But we will see how that plays out. Uh, Ender Enciarte is historically a very slow starter and usually comes on fast. Uh, last year, he, he started slow and, and kind of stayed slow because he got hurt some and never really hit the ball. So I don't think Ender can hit enough to be in that lineup. I mean, you're going to bat Ender eighth probably if he plays. And, you know, his defense is good. He's the best center fielder on the team, uh, I think. Uh, but I would argue he's not that much better than Acuna, but he certainly is the best center fielder. I also argue that Adam Duvall is the best corner outfielder on the team as well, though, as he is also very good uh, at defense and, and, and has had some awards uh, out in the outfield in the past. So uh, now I'd like to see Duvall and, and Marcakis play that platoon in one of the corner spots with Acuna in center. And honestly, I would lean toward playing Duvall against some righties to kind of even out some of those at-bats, especially if Nick or Ender, who was playing at that point in time, is not performing and Adam is hitting uh, somewhat like he did late last year. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. I wouldn't be shocked to see a trade. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Marcakis dealt because he's going to be a leader for us in the clubhouse and we re-signed him. I uh, wouldn't be shocked to see Duvall either trade or let go after spring training, and then the injured trade might be the most likely of any of these if they did make a deal. So uh, stay tuned on the outfield spot, at third spot, to see what goes on there. But we're locked in with Azuna, certainly, and Acuna in the outfield, we know. Uh, let's talk about the fifth starter again in a second. Uh, interesting, the signing of Felix Hernandez uh, a little bit ago as well to give us another name to come in there and, and be a, uh, a veteran player. Uh, in that lineup and, and maybe get the fifth spot. I think he's certainly not the same guy we've talked about before. Uh, but with some of these guys stepping up, I mentioned the pitchers, and we know Wright, Anderson, uh, Bryce Wilson are guys that are on that list. Uh, Sean Newcomb also is a guy that, that we've heard wants to start again, and he'll probably get every chance to do that uh, this year and to see what happens. That spring battle between the fifth starter and third base uh, and maybe even the, the third outfielder or some of the – Bench outfielders, too, will be interesting to see what goes on there. So, uh, a couple other quick things. Uh, pitchers and catchers report really soon now. We're a couple weeks out, so it's it's almost upon us. Uh, once that happens, I'll be having more frequent podcasts to kind of give you more news from spring training. Uh, I wanted to mention the Chop Fest thing on TV uh, that we some of you may have seen. If you're big Braves fans, you probably watched that. Uh, interviews with some of the players. Uh, the one I wanted to kind of mention was Mike Soroka. I never heard Mike talk a ton. Uh, Mike was a really funny guy with a great personality. He seems to have his head on really straight, and we know he is a great, great young pitcher for us. So uh, it was nice to see Mike on, on TV uh, and, and kind of smiling and laughing a little bit, but he looked ready to go. Uh, Freddie Freeman reported that his elbow was 100%. He's taking swings already, which is great. Uh, also, was enjoy, enjoyed hearing from Travis Darno on that program as well. So if you haven't ch- watched that, check it out. Uh, I didn't see it all yet. I've got it recorded, so I'm going to watch the rest soon. But pretty good stuff, uh, and I would love to go to that event in the near future. Uh, lastly, they talked a little bit on that show also. I wanted to mention and, and kind of mention here separately on, on, on this podcast about the leadership in the clubhouse. You know, Josh Donaldson was one of the guys that was relied upon last year. Uh, Marcakis also is one of those guys, and we still have him. And then Freeman is more of a quiet leader, I think. We've heard that said. But Cole Hamill's impact on this team should be pretty good. Uh, you know, to the pitchers, uh, giving them insight to how to pitch uh, normally, how to manage their loads, uh, postseason type things is great. And then just general leadership in general, I think. Uh, he, he should be a good guy for us. 
out there as well. So I think the Cole Hamill signing, even though he is very expensive for a one-year deal, uh, he steps into a role that, that probably is just a little more than a pitcher, although he is relied upon to be a good starter as well. And I like Hamels better than I like Dallas Keuchel. I'll be honest. I think he's a better pitcher at this stage in his career than Keuchel is. And uh, to me, that makes a lot of sense of having him in there as opposed to Dallas Keuchel. So that's the podcast for today. Thanks for listening and go Braves. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Braves Craze podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow the Braves Doctor on Twitter at Dr. Braves.